All right, we are recording, so feel free to piss off everyone in the world. That's sweet. The plan. Didn't know we could do that. That's awesome. That's <laughs> new rules, everybody. This is the new sheriff in town. This, this, yeah. this is a political podcast. This now. is now a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes. Actually, can I ask you Politics one favor, Kyle? Do you yeah. mind shutting the door? Yeah. And then, then we're good to go. Oh, is that going underneath? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever deployed that before. <laughs> deployed it. I like that. So I think uh, I think we're looking good here. We'll just keep keep going, cool. and we'll jump straight in. So should I do so, a little intro? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. This is Mike and Chris from AZ Brandcast. We've got another episode lined up right now. What's with... up, Mike? Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? Good. It's going good. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. And as always, we're talking about branding, brand strategy, and what it means to be doing that in the state of Arizona. And we have an awesome guest on today. I'm really yeah. excited about having him on. I've been talking about this for a long time. Yep. This is Kyle McIntosh from Max 6. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I see you around all the time in the office, but it was kind of cool to get to talk to you. We get this more intimate setting here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get to know and each other over some scotch. Yeah. yeah, to let our listeners know, they might hear a little clinking today <laughs> because we're all sipping a little scotch yep. from the Great Isle of Scotland. Uh, we've got some, I'm going to butcher this like nobody's business, Glenn Morangi. <clears throat> Someone yes. out there right now is cringing. It's a Highland single malt scotch whiskey. I think we've been sipping this one since January. And it's very, very slowly. Still delicious. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we can thank uh, my former art director Stephanie uh, Hayworth for picking this one out. So, so Kyle McIntosh, does that mean you're Scottish? Yeah, yeah, mostly Scottish, uh, English a little bit, and Norwegian, but yeah, mostly Scottish. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, little Viking blood in there, maybe. I got a lot of Viking blood in there. <laughs> got the big <laughs> forehead and a liver for Scotch. So. Yeah, nice. <laughs> cool. Oh, I love so it. So we're going to be very polite to this guest today. <laughs> Don't want to anger the Viking. I've been watching um, on Netflix, there's a there's a show called The Last Kingdom, and it's the story of, oh. of the Viking invasion of England. Oh, really? And it, it's very dramatic. It's not like totally Is it the one historical. with the guy who is like, he's actually English, and he gets taken, yep. and then he becomes this like serious yeah, Viking. He, yeah, they call them Danes. Danes, yeah, they were Danes. Yeah, yeah. They were Danes. So he, he's raised as a Dane, even though he's Anglo-Saxon by birth. And then through the story, you kind of, it's him as an adult, and he's lost his Danish uh, acceptance. And now he's kind of floating in between both worlds, trying to figure his way. But he's a super awesome warrior. So. Oh, yeah, super warrior. And uh, I'm, I'm only on, like, episode three, so uh, not very far into it. But uh, King Alfred shows up in episode two, and that's like, I don't know if anyone's familiar with English history, King Alfred is like the English king who kind of protects England from completely being overwhelmed by the Vikings. And so the only reason that any of us who are descended through the English or the Scottish can claim to be any kind of like, well, I guess the English really, uh, can claim to still be Anglo-Saxon at all is, is because of Alfred and his kind of last stand against the Vikings, the I'll, Danes. I'll have to check this out. This yeah, my check it out. I don't know about. Yeah. It's it's nice. It's nice and violent, and uh, lots, lots of heads roll. Yeah, <laughs> and there's axes and swords and 
good TV. It's yeah, it it's good TV. Good I'm rolling TV. my eyes a little bit, but yeah, it's good TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if that sounded really like obscure to anybody, don't worry. Mike loves history. Yeah, yeah, that one does get pretty obscure. You're going no, back. I like, like it. I, if, if we were on a like podcast, fifteen hundred years old. If we if, if we were on a podcast, you and I would talk about that for the next twenty minutes. Oh man. So, so I'm not offended. That's good. Otherwise, we'd have problems, Chris. <laughs> I don't think this podcast would last if you were offended by no. my historical rants and and pursuits and passions and yeah. Also, thank, thanks thank goodness for, the, for my uh, wife who puts up with all that stuff. Also, thanks for the. Did you know he has a shirt company that is historically based? Oh yes, yes, based on president presidents, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called what is it called? Taftly. Taftly dot com. I'm going to so get the, you a different shirt, Chris. I, I felt so bad yesterday. So I, I gave Chris a shirt because he's been asking me for, like, months. Nope. When do oh, I see, get my shirt? my fault. And I said, well, go pick one out. And he never picked one out, so I picked right. one out for him. And, of course, I pick the one shirt that is the most overtly, like, progressive party. And it's a call out to the original progressive party, which is very different than the current progressive party. And uh, the Teddy Roosevelt progressive party. But it says progressive party on it. And see, I was without the bad. context, no one would know that you're not promoting the current day progressive party. So Mike gives me a gift, and what do I do? I blurt out progressive party. Well, no, and then I realize I'm like Chris is like the furthest from progressive party. I mean, you're yes. you're somewhere on the libertarian to side. To me, progress means something totally different. Yeah, and I was so, just like, I'm an idiot. So no, but and then I felt bad. I was like, wait a second, Mike is giving me the best shirt, the one with the Cool it is design, the best shirt. Two color printing. And so I felt like a heel. And now no, he's, don't, he's don't feel feeling like bad. And then I feel bad. And I'm like, you know what? I And I forgot to wear it or I was going to wear it today. Just <laughs> to prove to you how grateful I am. <laughs> I felt so bad. Basically, the moral of the story is I owe you another shirt. No, you don't owe yeah, me anything. Do. No, I'm going to get you another shirt. You know what? You're awesome. Yeah. Um, then you can tear the sleeves off the other one and make it into a, like a running shirt. Yes. Oh, yeah. totally. You sweat all over the progressive party. That running or, shirt, that screams Roosevelt. That's or, <laughs> or, or, or when I'm plowing, plowing my backyard. <laughs> plowing your backyard. Totally. You're making my eyes <laughs> jingle. Awesome. Uh, taftly.com is it? We might oh as well plug goodness. it. Yeah, I mean, you just plugged that hardcore. Taftly. I wasn't expecting that. Taftly.com. It's not taftly. dot com. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So. So now, now, are we good now? I've plugged your. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. We start out the podcast you by plugging my bad. my dumb historical T-shirt company. It's not dumb. It's fun. Well, and it makes you who you are. That's why we love you. It might be a yeah, little right, dumb. Kyle? Yes, Kyle is nodding and saying yes. It might be a little dumb. No, it's not. It's awesome. Yeah, but it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, if only it actually worked. If only it actually <laughs> sold shirts. I think we'll we, sell one or two now. I, don't I know. think we sell like one shirt a month right now. Mm-hmm. The last like three months. When you don't advertise mm-hmm. anything on the internet, it doesn't work. That's what I figured out. That's funny. You have to advertise things on the internet if you want to sell things on the internet. So if you buy a Taftly shirt and we see you in public, we will talk to you, won't we, Mike? Oh, yeah. Kyle, I'll come and you? give you a big yeah. hug. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll shake your hand. Team Taftly. And Team ask Taftly. permission. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Team Taftly. So, so, so Kyle is uh, joining us from where? From Max 6. Max 6. And a little backstory there. Uh, so Kyle and I got to know each other about almost two years ago, about yep. a year and nine months ago, when uh, 
I was looking for co-working space for my company. And Max 6 kind of popped up on the radar out of nowhere. And I got to meet Kyle and Jen, who were at the time doing a lot of work on the space. Uh, Jen a little less now, but Kyle's still in it. And the rest of their awesome team. Um, and we've gotten to know each other over the last almost two years as we've been um, working out of here. And, man, it's been like one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, for mm. my company has been moving here. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with just how, what you guys are doing with Max 6, the values that you have. Um, not, you know, the co-working space is awesome. <laughs> the community is great. But like what you guys are doing, uh, building culture, helping other companies do that. Um, and just like, I mean, even this podcast room, um, you guys have made this happen, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It's awesome to hear you say that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's the big the big thing we were looking to do is a lot of the stuff we do is under the umbrella of real estate, but it's not really what we do. It's, you know, yeah. building communities, non-transactional, holistic real estate where people come to work and mm -hmm. they have a sense of place. Yeah. So what do you mean non-transactional? That's an interesting word. Uh, mostly a lot of what's out there is I need a certain square footage for my people. I'm going to beat you up over the rates that I'm going to charge you for that square footage. And you might have a uh, property manager that you deal with if, you know, there's a leak or something goes wrong. But that's the extent of our relationship. As opposed to one aspect of what we have is space. Great. But we're looking for this relationship, this deeper relationship where what are your goals as a business? And space is one part of that. But how can we help you get what you want out of your business while creating an atmosphere for your people that's beyond just a space that they show up, but they can be their best, do what they love, feel like they're supported, and be around other people that are doing the same? I mean, that's really our goal with, we call it holistic real estate, where it's sort of space is only one part of that. It's this whole culture, environment, everything of where someone's showing up for more than a third of every day i mean that's that's a big thing hmm. yeah i mean i just it's funny because i'm com i come at this from the aspect of being on the receiving end of that for our team and for me personally and um just the perspective that you guys bring to the table on that is so unique and refreshing um we went through a whole process shopping for for um a new space almost two years ago Actually, it was about two years ago at this time, like September-ish of 2015, that we started shopping. And, um, I mean, we got a real estate agent involved, and we were looking at spaces. And, and I mean, I looked at probably a dozen different spaces physically, uh, probably another 100, maybe 200 online. Mm, yeah. <laughs> wow. And that experience was just so, like, I mean, we had a great real estate agent who was helping us, and, and he was very helpful, but just the negotiating process – and um, really just feeling like we were lacking that community aspect that, I, that I've always loved about co-working spaces that I've worked out of in the past. But to see that done not only in a co-working space, but you guys are applying that to like all the spaces that you manage. Um, and even like extending that outside of those spaces with some of the cultural development services you guys are offering is, is just really refreshing. Um, it's not just about like, hey, there's there's a desk and there's chairs, <laughs> get to work. <laughs> you know, you need that but, too, but, <laughs> but like, like actually striving to build a community, provide 
value beyond that. I mean, you guys do lots of trainings, you do lots of workshops in here, bringing in outside, um, you know, experts on different areas of business and, and allow and opening that up to the community. Um, even just, you know, something as simple as like a weekly lunch where we all like hang out and sit together um, as a bunch of different companies and, and exchange ideas and see it, you know, celebrate success and encourage each other when we're failing. And yep. um, I've just had so many great conversations with the community here. And that's, I think, a testament to what you guys are doing. It's starting to sound like a, a giant, like, praise fest for me. All right. Six, uh, devil's advocate. Okay, devil's advocate. All right. All right, Chris. All right. <clears throat> Come on, man. I mean, it's all about the dollars, right? It's all about the <laughs> So how did this all work out? I mean, how's it working out for you guys? No, it's an interesting perspective, too, because that's it's a business. It's a for-profit business. Mm-hmm. We, As we started out initially as a business, as an incubator, and we had to go through a long process of do we want to be a for-profit or non-profit and have that discussion. And the philosophy of how we run the business is that you don't focus on the dollars. But by doing the right things and extending the value through the community, it's going to come back in a you know monetary fashion as well. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't. That's not what you focus mm-hmm. on. It's not. A, it's the opposite of the quarterly returns approach. But it's going to come back if you're doing the right things, provided value for people. And we're growing. It's going to be. We're working on profitability. We're an early stage ish business ourselves. But uh, yeah, no, it's. I mean, absolutely, it's a for profit business. You got to focus on that as well. Mm-hmm. So things, but things are going well. I mean, right? I mean, or are they? I don't no, know. No, they are. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, we've learned a ton over the last six years, and uh, we've had ups and downs, and and we're at a place now where we're finished inventing the business, mm-hmm. and so we've, uh, you know, there will be shifts and more iterations in what we're doing as we grow, but we've got something that's working and is growing now. We're filling up the spaces. We're seeing more. I mean, monetary profitability. We're getting our stuff together with processes and just internally getting more focused as a team. So it's it's all growing, it's all going really well. But at the same time as I'm sitting here like with an ownership hat on or business leadership, so I'm like, let's do better, we can do it. I know, let's grow this thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about wearing that hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like, shut up. You wear that hat too much. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, um, so, uh, so all I know, all I can say is those lunches, Mike, we're talking about, always delicious, and it's like five bucks. I can't, I can't afford not. I, I, I can't lose money on it. I mean, I don't want to lose money, right? We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you guys are very gracious with those. Yeah, right. That's I know lost, that's not a money maker lost, for you. Leader. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I know I'm not paying for. You know, I'm getting more than the five bucks of food. And there's always leftovers yeah. for for everybody. So it's kind of like communism a little bit. So there's that. You know. <laughs> Well, a business based on communism. <laughs> that's a conversation for a whole nother episode. That's another podcast. Yeah. Yep. The commie episode. Yes. We, we got to have one of those. How to be a communist and make money. Hmm. Mm. All right. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. My uh, mind, I think my I, mind just. I want to hear a little bit about yeah. the three kind of different areas of, of I mean, if you want to use the, the real estate term, I guess that's probably yeah. the best term, but. I think a lot of our listeners would be really interested in like kind of how you guys have divided that up, sure, um, and the different offerings that you guys have. So um, sure. I know I always like hearing about it. So we're spitting, we're sitting in a podcast room in a building. Yep. And so we've owned this building for quite a while, and so part of what we do is renting space out to more established companies that are looking for a place to, you know, 
two to twenty something thousand feet are kind of the expand the extension of what's inside this building right now, and uh, quiet occupancy is really the real estate term of what people expect in a building like this. Uh, a number of years ago, five six years ago, we had the entire second story of this side of the building we're in. It was essentially empty. When we were looking at what to do with it, we could have filled it up with more quiet occupancy. But as we were building this model of working with companies, hands-on investing in these companies, we decided, all right, let's just blow this whole floor out and build it as initially what was our incubator space. So we had a place for the companies to work. It was an asset for us to be able to have everybody in one place, be hands-on, be working with them. And we very quickly realized that we ran out of mental capacity to work mm -hmm. with enough companies to fill that space up. And so... Well, it, well, I'm sorry, what do you mean by mental? We, were, we wanted to have enough hands-on time with each company that there just wasn't enough time to add more companies to the portfolio. So it was kind of like a, a student-to-pupil ratio kind of deal? Exactly, or, okay, exactly. Gotcha. And, and, but at the same time, we had this vision of the space being this very collaborative, very you know full space of people that collectively didn't have to make the same mistake twice that could learn from somebody sitting next to them or share resources or, or whatever it was. And so we started sort of with the model of uh, it wasn't we didn't call it co-working. We started adding space, adding people that made sense to be a part of that culture and that community. And over time, as we shifted away from being an incubator, uh, some of the companies upstairs are still, you know, we're still invested in those companies, still working with them, but we've just moved more to this co-working model where it's different from a lot of the co-working that's out there. We don't necessarily do drop-ins. We, we look for a year lease. We're looking for, uh, you know, companies that make sense to be a part of the atmosphere that's up there. Everybody has to fill out an application to be a part of the space and just really it's are they the low bar of just you know are they wanting to be kind of participatory part of this environment you know not looking to uh screw people over i mean it's 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 a pretty low bar but at least it, it, some guidelines of sort of how to be a part of this space uh so we've got the ten thousand square feet upstairs that's co-working and while early early on we were working as again as an incubator we decided there's a lot of tech incubators out there they're working mm -hmm. with, you know, SaaS businesses, tech is it, whatever they call it, but it's a lot of tech out there. We're not not tech, but that's not what we do. So we're, we're industry agnostic. We like working with all kinds of cool companies. Business is simple. Go get the work, go do the work, get paid for work, and then do it better. That's, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's tech or manufacturing or whatever it is. And so we started getting these companies coming to us saying, I'm a manufacturing company. I'm in my garage. I can't afford 10,000 square feet and the overhead of a 10-year lease, what there's nothing out there to support the space side of what I need. So we uh, bought a building just a couple miles up the, up the road here, 38,000 square foot manufacturing facility, and we made a decision to treat it like a co-working space. And so although there are a couple of companies that, because of the nature of what they do, need clean rooms, the rest of it is delineated by chain link fence, and it's very open and collaborative, and it's, it's become really interesting community over there of the same that goes on upstairs in the co-working, people sharing resources, sharing knowledge bases, sharing, I have an issue, have you dealt with this? And so uh, they've become very similar to each other while just what the businesses are doing inside are very different. So it's, 
the, the model is essentially the same, just different type of space. But uh, we've treated the co-working space as kind of our hub of all of this. So everyone has that as a resource to come and gather. So even to quiet occupancy, where the model usually is, you come tell me if there's an issue with your space, they're invited to our trainings, they're invited to some of these lunches. And so it's really become this sort of three space community of shared resources and assets that we're beginning to see more and more uh, sharing between the spaces going on. That's been pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That co-manufacturing space, there's something really special about that. I know when I first got to tour over there, it was like, this is different. I haven't seen anybody doing this in the Valley. And uh, that's cool. That's really cool. It's cool. It's just, just the visceral experience of walking into that space. There's flames and there's chemicals <laughs> and there's, you know, <clears throat> just the, there's a company making candles. There's a company making teas. It smells amazing. Yep. And just you hear the, like, clinking and clanking and people making stuff. Every time I walk <laughs> in the door, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I love it here. Yeah, we had Truce on last episode, and uh, they're in that space, with, yeah. and, and uh, they do the all-natural clean products. But, uh, yeah, it's just been fun to, like, talk with them, too, about the community that's starting to develop over there. As you guys have filled it up, uh, there's just more and more opportunity, I think, for those those tenants to work together. And there's just so much passion right now for for creating a community of, of like-minded people and helping each other and using each other's services and using each other's products. And I'm excited to see more of that happening, which is really cool. And, and again, to your question about there's a monetary piece of this. We're monetizing that space. And we can't necessarily even own the community over there. Like, they're doing that, mm-hmm. them being the, the companies over there. And there's a monetary piece to that as well. Let's share knowledge bases about how to sell these consumer good products on Amazon. But at the same time, like, just the, you, could, you could feel something different over there about the connectedness that these companies are having between each other. That's just you, you experience it. You feel it. And it's beyond just the monetary side, although it's leading to more profitable experience. All the companies over there are growing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. So, uh, so Arizona, do we want to get some <laughs> yeah. of these uh, some these gears a little bit? Yeah. Slightly. <clears throat> Only slightly. Yeah. So – What's uh what's special, the good and the bad? You can talk about the good and the bad, about starting and building, starting and building your business in a state like Arizona. Yeah, um, I'll say some things that probably uh, other people might answer the same way. It's like common think a little bit, and to some extent, I am. Uh, I only know about building a business in Arizona. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I've met people from all over and can speak to the differences a little bit. And so some of it's probably perceived and some of it is reality. And so, I mean, the good parts of building a business in Arizona, I mean, the tax rates, the, you know, the way it's easy, it's, it's relatively inexpensive to run a business in Arizona. So we get a lot of call centers and people putting second locations like that out here. Uh, just because the nature of how our government has set up the, the, the tax rates. But beyond that, uh, the universities have created, and there's the three public universities and then a strong push right now by GCU, Grand Canyon University, that are really putting out a lot of effort into both entrepreneurial efforts and innovation and some of that's coming across in specific subsets where U of A has the med 
tech and ASU is doing a lot of innovation. NAU has some very interesting things going on. I mean, all four of them have different things, but there's, I mean, both from a workforce base that's coming out of that and just from a uh, shared resources that they all have. Hmm. It is a uh, different thing that we have here that, you know, there's places that have universities, but just the collection of the four of them and the work that I've seen from some of the work we've done and a lot of others that are helping them to co-facilitate some of this has been really cool to see in the last number of years. Uh, We put together uh, with Michael Houle, Houle Corey Law Group, um, a competition called ACVC, Hmm. Arizona Collegiate Venture Competition. And it was the first time that all three of the public universities had competed against each other at the same time. That's cool. And it was these this pitch That's competition cool. of these, these kids, and it was just very cool to see. Um, I think uh, the most important thing to me that I think gives us the coolest and just the best value proposition of where to build a business is the culture of Arizona and the sort of multiculturalism culturalism and so we've got this uh both from a workforce and just from a products that are here architecture that's here proximity of hispanic native american and the melting pot of everything else that you know the united states and just i love it i love seeing it and there's just an individual uh enjoyment i get from both you know arts culture and but it adds something to the more the more different viewpoints and things that you can have inside a business, whether it's uh, age, sex, race, really, you know, and just getting these different viewpoints that are different from yourself. I think there's a huge resource in Arizona that we have beyond just the, the arts, culture, external from business, but business as well. That There's a lot of places that don't have that. There's a lot more homogeneous and, and don't have access to that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think we've we've started to hear that more as we've interviewed more people. Um, I was listening back through some of the interviews we've done um, just recently at Phoenix Design Week, and uh, that came out a few different times. And it it was kind of like a new thing for me. I was like, I think my perception of Arizona can be somewhat small-minded or somewhat um, stereotypical. Um, like when I think about like if I were to put my head inside someone else's head that doesn't live here, I have a stereotype of Arizona, you know, cowboys, cowboys and Indians, right? Yep. Um, or, you know, super conservative farmers and ranchers with a couple, you know, millennial urbanites sprinkled in for good measure. (laughs) Um, and yet when I think about like my daily experience in Arizona, it's different. It's very multicultural. Hmm. You know, it's like I've lived in West Mesa, and it's like I remember our first apartment after getting married. We lived, like, on just just north of the 60 in West Mesa, and it was like you walk outside and you see, like, eight different ethnicities mm-hmm. on one street. Um, you know, and there's pockets of different groups and different, you know, not just ethnicities, but – you know, philosophies, ideologies, um, religions, uh, like everything. And I, I think about it, and I'm like, wow, like our state is not what it used to be. 
you know, it's changing. It's totally changing. And it's, it's, it's very diverse. So I'll tell you what I noticed. So I come from Oregon, right? Yeah. So, but I was an army brat. So I grew up at army bases, you know, Panama even, right? And, um, and so what's interesting is, so I grew up, grew up that way. And you see everybody from every culture in the military, mm-hmm. but they all can work together. So they're bringing their point of view and they're all, you know, like at my school, you know, we would just absorb, we'd be around all these, all these people from different cultures, mostly African-American and, and you know, white guys, well, you know, white people. But I mean, <laughs> still you're like, you know, it wasn't a big, it wasn't like this big deal. Then I went to the University of Oregon and, and now it's like, everybody's racist racism is everywhere around every corner and and you don't even know you're racist you know if you're white you know <laughs> so, so i'm just like whoa you know this must be a bigger problem than i thought you know but then i i come back down here and it feels a lot more like the military and what um in the sense that <clears throat> you see a lot of people who are able to work together because that's not getting in their way hmm. right so they because that's always the issue, and I was thinking about that at Design Week because, you know, people are like, um, you need diversity, you know. But the diversity that I, I've always thought was valuable is the diversity of point of view, not necessarily like, oh, it's you know, my skin color is different, right. so it's diversity. You know, it's, it's like, no, I have a different upbringing, different point of view, different experiences. And what I see in Arizona is a lot more people who are, they may come from different backgrounds, but they kind of meet somewhere. There's a place where they talk and work, and you know. And I don't know if I'm. I we feel all like show I'm up starting at the Cub spring that. training games, so <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but I don't know if that's what you guys are seeing or not. But that's yeah. what I'm starting to kind of pull out of this, you know. It's mm. uh, and not and not just can work together, but value working with different types mm. of people and viewpoints. It's mm. one of the things uh, other than Cub spring training games. One of my. <laughs> <laughs> One of, one of my favorite things to do is, because I live fairly far away from the office, is to drive a different way to and from hmm. and go through different neighborhoods and, and just see, like, even just the buildings and store and things that are out there. And it's really cool. Like, this is totally different from where I live, and I have no idea this was out here. <laughs> I'm going to go check out this, you know, uh, Chinese Cultural Center or mm. driving up through Guadalupe and like seeing just I mean the, the beautiful art that's on the walls over there and there's there's really cool yeah. stuff to see but you don't see it all the time or yep. one of my one of my favorite phrases like truest things I believe is truth through perception hmm. and if you're in a uh, environment like if you're going to university in Florida and people are perceiving that you just don't get it. You don't, you don't understand versus you're in an environment where people are expecting that you just kind of are valuing this multicultural. And so I think it's just, it depends on who you're surrounding yourself with. And I think mm-hmm. that the other thing that's shifting in Arizona is that valuing having multicultural versus knowing it's out there, but what do we do about it? Yeah. Like not knowing how to take advantage of it or not knowing if you even want to or not. Right being scared what's of the value yeah. right yeah that's awesome i think that the one it's not and i hate to say there's a bad thing about starting a business in arizona <laughs> but, but, it, but it is that perception of like and it's changing too but political perception yep. of what arizona means or what it means to be in arizona and i think that's that's a thing even i mean internationally that we had a reputation for sure that is 
still there to some extent and is changing whether you agree with it or not but it's it is limiting to some businesses that are thinking about moving here even if the the tax benefits make sense yep Mm -hmm. yeah we definitely have a perception i think externally that doesn't necessarily reflect the internal culture at least not entirely it's almost like one little part of our culture has been over amplified um external to arizona and um yeah, I was just hearing from the ambassador from Mexico, I think, is in um, in the state this week. Okay. Um, talking with uh, Governor D.C. And uh, we do $13 billion worth of trade with Mexico as a state. And uh, it's like that relationship matters. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, there's these discussions at the federal level about immigration and, and border security and all these other things that, that you know— matter to some people and some people don't care but here in arizona it's like this isn't just like an ideological issue this is like a day-to-day like this impacts people it's a reality it's a reality yeah you know like there's people uh no matter what side of the aisle you're work you're you're on like there's people trucking stuff between here in mexico and back every single day right Uh, that border like for us is not just like a wall or a uh, a division on a map it's like gdp a, it's gdp <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is just crazy to think about like sometimes i forget about like how how integrated into this larger context arizona is um, i think that's that's important to remember for sure so um <clears throat> what kinds of uh what kinds of companies should be here we ask this a lot don't we mike we do but it's a good question yeah i love the answers we get every time they're always different and there's one answer that's always the same that i'm finding and that is the answer to the who shouldn't be here but i'll let kyle go first and we'll see yeah. where he, yeah. he so, lands in our survey <laughs> so i'll give you the whole question so what kinds of companies should build more of a presence in arizona and what who who shouldn't who's going to get the least value or is going to screw up Arizona. <laughs> Let's just say it. Who's our Let's just who's say our it. Should Amazon be here? <laughs> Should Amazon move their second uh, headquarters? That is a much longer. There, we we can talk about that's that. going to become our standard like test yeah. question. Yeah. Litmus test. Yeah. Should move to Arizona. I, I'm seeing a lot of companies move to Arizona mm-hmm. more and more. Uh, and I'm just hearing about it through you know, these groups that we're connected with in various ways, the Arizona Commerce Authority and just these sort of business development for the state of Arizona groups. And they're seeing a lot of success, I'm guessing probably because of the cheap doing business here, yep. but in putting a second location here. So you're seeing the potential of Amazon, the yep. uh, PayPal, the, you know, these deals, that, the Silicon Valley Bank is in Tempe. Yeah. Right. That's um, really, yeah, that's, the, I mean, which is good for it's great for us and so all of that is great for businesses in arizona having extended resources that expand beyond the border of our state having a workforce that you know is diverse among these companies or among different types of companies and industries i and it's not just arizona but because i think the workforce that we have over the years because of how much uh you know what intel's done and and because we have a state that I believe could do a lot more of it in a, in a way that would be profitable, beneficial, creating jobs is I'd love to see more manufacturing here. Mm. It's something I'm personally, you know, kind of tied in with 
but I just I think we have a huge ability to support that here with people who have been there done that with an up-and-coming workforce with you know even from the philosophy of the the micros of the world of don't send everyone off to university <laughs> like you, you can do something with your hands and create a ton of value for people huh. i'd love to see us do more of that in the country but i just think we're in a unique place to support that in arizona wait so you're not you're saying don't go to college <laughs> hey kids <laughs> i can check that box on my list don't go to college i i uh, i used to all right so i used to teach right at yep. a university yep. and i'm skeptical about college <laughs> but i wanted to hear what you what you've you heard it here first kids <laughs> <laughs> professor be, stadler says don't go to college it may be because of that experience yeah. <laughs> I, I said one of the good things about Arizona is all the four universities yes. and the things they're doing. There yes. are great things about these universities and about university and the system, you know, some of it in general. The push for everybody to go to college is just ridiculous, and it's it's putting us in a horrible situation with, I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, Plumbers are making three hundred dollars an hour because they're they're just no no one's doing those jobs anymore. Yep. Is a symptom of something that we're like really supporting the wrong ideals for everybody. I put that in quotes because if you want to go to college because it supports a dream and a vision that you have with something you want to do with your life, great. And that those resources are out there, but to push everybody into that, I mean, it's just silly. Yeah. Yeah, we want to we don't even open up the can of worms of student debt. But Ugh. that's like a whole nother. Yes. Yeah, if it was another topic, I'd be fine with talking about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just ju- just how easy. I mean, essentially, they're cheapening the um, they're cheapening the the government is cheapening the cost for students, or at least the short term cost. The short term cost. Creating yes. a huge demand now for all the for for universe for university spots, right? Yeah. So now, I mean, it was kind of nice for me because I probably got paid more than I otherwise would have, you know. But at the same time, it's it's um, you know it's a lot of money chasing after you know something that you that may not pay you pay you later you know or yep. like you know I mean I don't know the question is if you're going to be um, coding websites do you need to go to college I mean if you're going to do a lot of things like mm-hmm. I mean there's the financial debt is the one piece of it that everybody talks about but the intellectual debt that is creating in our society where eighty yeah. percent plus of the workforce yep. is either disengaged or actively working against what the company stands for because they're not happy at work. They, huh. they aren't in a job they like or with a company they like or bought in with the culture. They spent all this intellectual capacity to go to university to get them to a place where they hate what they're doing. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> detrimental to people's just like life. Yeah. So now it's creating kind of a surplus of people who can fill those jobs. And so now the companies get to choose. And so, yeah. the, so you're kind of, there's a surplus of you. No. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a huge emphasis. Uh, this isn't quite related. It, I'll get to it. I'll connect it. There's a huge surplus of um, people who create digital things, but who are not maintaining the rest of our physical world. Um, and this mm. is a huge issue on like a much larger scale about like how much emphasis is put on creating rather than maintaining and manufacturing. And manufacturing. And, like, and so you have crank. all these. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, turning the crank, like, I mean, the reality is most crank jobs are run by robots now. That's um, true. So, like, most but highly specialized, jobs. like, craftsmen, right? Yeah. It, th- that doesn't exist anymore. 
Um, I know of like, so, like you just mentioned like plumbers, right? They're making like ridiculous amounts of money, which is great for them. Sure. But that means that most of our plumbing is actually going unmaintained because there is, there isn't enough people at an affordable rate to allow for the maintenance of plumbing and infrastructure, infrastructure, especially if you want to talk about that at a, at a larger scale, not like home plumbing, but like, what about the sewer system in your city? I mean, I can't even tell you how many times it's like you hear about somebody in your neighborhood whose sewer connection with their with the city has like hasn't been touched in 50 years. You wouldn't believe and the is statistics. Completely destroyed, and it's not just a government funding problem. It's it's also a like, well, there's just no one to go fix it, right? Because <laughs> no one's trained. Okay, so I will tell you a little, a little multicultural injection for you here. So I was in Panama, right? In Panama. <laughs> yep. Um, the Panamanians, man, they just hate maintaining stuff. Yep. They just hate it. Culturally, they just they don't nobody, have the stomach for nobody it. Nobody likes maintaining nobody, anything. No, 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 no. no. Um, but, um, and so they would always lose power, and we always had power because we maintained stuff, and oh. they didn't. So there's something to that. Yep. We don't want to get to to a point where... <laughs> well, this is, this is an issue within the startup world, right? Like where we glorify startups that only create new things. And we devalue startups who don't who work on maintaining things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about like when's the last time you saw a news headline about a startup that worked in the service business, any kind of service business? Well, they don't even call them startups if they work in this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not called a startup. They, they're startups, but yeah, they just right? don't call them startups because it won't quote unquote scale. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. And and it's like, well, yeah, but every one of those businesses, every one of those startups that's creating something new. That has to be maintained at some point, mm-hmm. and it's like we glorify the creation over the main the maintenance, mm-hmm. and in the long run, that leaves us with tons and tons of stuff mm-hmm. that we don't know what to do with, and and eventually is a total waste. It's right? part it's part of the new bubble that's being created with these. It was dot com, and now it's all these new yeah. IPOs that are coming that are getting to a point where all of a sudden we're not making any money, yep. which is just the symptom of exactly what you just said they they weren't their middle they're creating something in between people without creating anything (laughs) oh wait they're not creating value right yeah (laughs) yeah okay yeah i think we beat that one up pretty good yeah we did a good job on that one we could talk longer about that one so you want me to ask the next question to you mike wait wait, wait, no no i want to hear kyle's kyle's perspective on amazon okay should Amazon come to Arizona? Okay. This, this is tough. He's on the hot seat, folks. Yeah, this is the hot seat question. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's so many really good questions right now about Amazon with what happened with Whole Foods, yep. with them picking a new place to, you know, put their next thing. And it's, I mean, it's not, it's not just Amazon, right? It's a company like this that's going to come in and create jobs like this in a place. And it was the same one. Should Tesla come and put their huge battery plant here? And they went to Reno. And I don't, I mean, I don't know is the answer to that, right? Because I can't look in the future and see is there a, what's the, what's the plus minus score on if they do move to Arizona and the jobs they create and the culture that they're creating. It'd be great to have them from like a tax base, I guess. Uh, Assuming they don't get a giant break. It's, I'm not assuming that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, if they can attract more people who pay income tax. Well, I don't know if income tax would would work out for state at all, but 
Uh, at some level, more people equals more taxes. We're assuming crony capitalism on this show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no government people are listening to this, but it's sometimes when they get involved that this uh, crony capitalism changes. Yeah, from yeah. Government people, we love you, but we're just saying. Yeah, <laughs> We do need to have somebody from some level of government on the show at some point. So if you're listening and you yeah. work for city, state, or federal government, we'd love to have you on. And yeah. Hit us up. AZBrandcast.com. Your, your opinion will be valued. <laughs> yes. And it will be. Especially about this Amazon question, and you're not the person I was talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you come on the show, you're totally not who we're talking about. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just so hard to say. It's it, What I don't like that's happening is the amount of energy that's going into trying to get a company like that mm -hmm. to move here and the perceived – or real uh, breaks that are being offered, uh, inequality in uh, opportunity for a type of business like that versus supporting local and what's here already mm. from these government government or sub-government entities. Uh, and it being a total waste of time if they don't, if they don't move here and it yep. never comes to fruition. And I mean, I guess those are two issues. They, we have these biz dev people that are doing everything they can to spend money to wine and dine and get them to come here to be able to tell that story and we'll see if it creates a net positive if they do and second issue why are we not spending that same energy whether it's time mental capacity money on supporting what's here and growing that both inside of arizona and outside of arizona so that we can tell the story about these cool local companies that were able to grow and do awesome things while they're here and externally that's I'm just nodding so, my head over and over. So that's like, nice. Yeah. That's nice that you say that. But what are you doing to build community? Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> it's like what he does every. I'll give you that one. Oh. No, that's 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 awesome. So, nice um, plug, but Chris. seriously, what's um, what's what are some uh, what are some things that we could be doing, um, that are not happening right now? Let's let's say there are some things that you guys are thinking of, right? As, I mean, I'm sure you guys think about this as you're thinking about Max Six and the future and stuff like that. And it's not just us. I mean, there's there's people that are doing great things in mm -hmm. our community. And so one of, one of the and – I, and I thought about it earlier from part of the earlier question about uh, potentially tough to do business in Arizona. The investment group groups, the group of investors that are in Arizona, again, this is a complete generalization because there are lots of investors doing all sorts of stuff. But it's focused on medical technology or SaaS. And part of that is just having the University of Arizona, having a great medical, there's a lot of technology coming out of there. But there's not a lot of support with uh, being interested in other types of businesses because exactly what you said, they're looking for the 100x return that even if it creates no value at some point the, yeah. from the investment side. So, But one of the cool things that I've seen over the last uh, five years in particular is uh, – both the group in Tucson and the group in Phoenix are now a part of, it's probably 15 to 20 groups in different states, kind of around this part of the country. And so efforts like that, that are supporting Arizona businesses while also reaching out and saying, we recognize we don't have everything here, but where are those resources that we can support what's here? And so connecting with these other groups that have other interests that are you know, supporting Arizona businesses, supporting businesses from outside Arizona, but creating these connections so that the community isn't just 
the community. So the way I think, so Max Six upstairs in our co-working space is a community. It's part of this building. It's a bigger community. It's a part of the three spaces. It's a bigger community. It's part of Tent B. It's a bigger community. I think more mindset like that. It's part of Arizona. That's a bigger community. Part of the Southwest, part of the United States, and just it's not necessarily saying that we have to grow everything to a national, international level, but recognizing the value of other people that have resources that you just don't. And so recognizing not just where you have value, but where you're not great at and finding resources for other people to make those connections, I think is the most important thing that we, anybody can do to support themselves and everybody else around them. It's just having that mindset that there are others out there doing things to sort of support this collective whole that you're just one piece of. So make those connections. Mm -hmm. Speechless. Chris and I are speechless. How is that? What are some examples of that happening like right now? The, I mean, the investment groups is one example. Um, so and one, specifically they're like, they're, they're connecting people. They're um, connecting, they're connecting uh, a much larger group of, of uh, investors with mm-hmm. much larger group of interests with a much larger group of, of companies to take a look at and see if they want to you know extend their portfolio to other things because that was a critique we heard right because we we heard um <clears throat> in fact someone said you know it's it's interesting that the a lot of the investors here maybe they don't understand the tech as well and then in the valley you know in san francisco um you you uh silicon valley you have people who understand the tech more and they have money and so they're a lot more discerning, but they're also a lot more able to manage and understand what's going on with their investments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you react to that? Is uh, that part of what you're saying? Or? So <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, Silicon Valley is a, that's the one that people talk about because that's where, that's where the big, big money is. But there's, what's interesting is there's, there's these little sort of micro pockets of Silicon Valley, like Boulder and Austin mm-hmm. and Seattle and Boston and New York. And, you know, Phoenix isn't there yet, but we're, it's sort of like how um, I used to work in uh, cable TV and Phoenix is like in the 12th to 13th sort of biggest market in the United States. So we're kind of in that range. So we're kind of like second tier. And so it's been, it's been cool to see not just Silicon Valley, but these other pockets and connecting with those because they're still just a pocket that even Silicon Valley doesn't have all the resources they need to support the companies that are there. They have a ton of money, but like I said, tech or manufacturing or anything, it's get business, do business, get, get paid for business. I mean, there's people who are better at parts of that from all over the place and to start to see people work together to find, to connect those pieces. Uh, we talk about Silicon Valley all the time, but it really is starting to see more of this connectedness between these, these different groups. Mm-hmm. which has been cool mm-hmm. so are there any companies who shouldn't move here <laughs> I'm interested to see what other people said too and if I'm fitting in with this <laughs> come on throw someone under the bus man uh, yeah who's our who's our direct competition <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's Upwork Upwork should never move here <laughs> yeah. never, uh, there's no I mean a personal philosophy of business that I have. I mean, it's it, it, conscious capitalism. And it's uh, boiled down to a long-term view of business 
as opposed to a short-term, like quarterly results would be the exact opposite of that, while providing great value for all of your stakeholders, including the financial ones, but including vendors, shareholders, your community, your customers, everybody, that making more money in the long term. And so that's my personal view of business. So personally, uh, you know, I don't want businesses moving here or anywhere around me that are sort of that screw you so I can make more money in the short term. I don't care if this relationship goes bad because I'm going to take as much from you as I can in the short term Mm -hmm. and find the next you and the next you and the next you. And so I can't point out, you know, any of those that are off the top of my head, but yeah, get out of here. I don't want you, you know, if I lived in Virginia, I'd say the same thing. It's not just an Arizona (laughs) thing. um, But I guess there's not, I mean, there's not a, like a grouping of business really or an industry. I'd like to not move here. I'd like to see our businesses that are here grow and expand outside of Arizona as well. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, Again, it's GDP, it's money, it's Arizona doing well. But the other part of that is it's just cool to be able to tell that story when you have a uh, GoDaddy, when you have a WebPT, when you have an Infusionsoft, and you have these sort of Arizona companies that you can tell, yeah, we're not Silicon Valley. We're never going to be Silicon Valley. I don't want to be Silicon Valley because we Mm -hmm. have our own culture. But we have some really cool companies that are growing like hell and, like, can provide value to a mass group of people. And so I'd love to see more than that. But... Uh, no, I don't want to, you know, kick anyone off the island at this point. <laughs> do, you, do you think Arizona, though, do you think Arizona supports that, though? Do you think the culture we were talking about before can support that in, in, a, in, a, in a way that gives us a little bit of an advantage and maybe some leadership in that? To be able to tell that story of expansion mm-hmm. and to, to be able to um, so to be able to support that that whole like conscious capitalism um, infused uh, thinking or conscious capitalism inspired thinking where it's like hey it's not just about the quarterly results that cause us to break stuff just so we can get the next quarter but um but you know just that like hey we're actually building community because we want our vendors to be good because we want them to make enough money to stay in business and continue to be able to put money in r&d maybe or you know whatever to improve and then grow to a bigger to better level you know it's an interesting question when you put it geographically like that because there's there's always going to be people, and these are the ones that get into the news, right, that do bad things. There's just always going to be, and they run businesses. I'd say anywhere you go, there's a large subset or, or a majority of the companies anywhere who are doing good things, who are providing value to their customers, providing value to their employees, and they probably, for a majority of those, wouldn't say, I'm a conscious capitalist. They're just doing what they think is right and good business. Mm-hmm. And so the articulation of it might not come across. But there's a ton of businesses that I could, you know, point to in Arizona that are doing the right thing. I if you want, you can point to a couple of them. Taftly.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the tip of your tongue. Oh, man. Oh, two plugs in one episode. I'm, I'm feeling really good right now. I know. You might, That's you, terrible. you might have to design some more shirts now. A company of like one and a half. Seventy-five <laughs> percent um, being me, and seventy-five percent is my wife who ships all the stuff out. So. That's one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, one and a half people. Oh, seventy-five gotcha. percent gotcha. of that. Yeah. 
or one. Uh, I know I get you now. I get it. 0. 0.75. 75% of a person. <laughs> I was trying to make it clear yes. that the, the half person was not my wife. Your logic is good. not counting her as right. a half person. Yes, that's right. If she's listening right now. Well, she's not listening it's right now. It's not the 1800s. She's, We're not talking about voting. She's listening at some point in the future, which she will not be. She's she does not waste her time listening to AZ Brandcast. She's with the uh, government employee waiting to hear us talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, she's with two future interns right now. Oh, yeah? Growing them into fine human beings. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. My son and my daughter. <laughs> molding minds. Yeah, molding minds, definitely. Creating creating tomorrow's um, conscious capitalists. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about sharing. Right Which on. is probably more of a communist view of things. But ultimately, in our house, we talk about how... You guys don't own anything. Mom and dad do. Yeah. It's, it's only communists if you if they make you do it, if you're forced yeah. to share. So. But um but you know, I guess uh in a That's that's a future uh, lesson ownership. <laughs> yeah. Future lesson on ownership with my kids. All right, but back to Kyle enough about my opinions. All right, Kyle. What do you think? Um are so so maybe a couple of comp- companies or that are in town doing great things. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's. Uh, I can speak to. What's inter- it, what the interesting thing is, so there's a local organization, Conscious Capitalism Arizona. I'm on the board of that, and so I can talk about the group of people on the board. Every one of mm. them. I mean, right. Goodman's WebPT. We've got. I mean, those are the those are the sort of ones that people might know that are big enough. Uh, what's interesting is we have people on the board from ex-employee from Exxon and Mm. it's it's interesting because people have again truth through perception right what how do you compare uh Whole Foods is kind of the poster company for conscious capitalism because he wrote the book conscious capitalism (laughs) (laughs) uh but how do you compare forget Whole Foods how do you compare a grocery store to an oil company and uh the positive and negative ramifications of what they're doing to shareholders customers the earth you you know and so the easiest way to really uh boil this all down is some change in a positive direction they're attempting to make positive change so if it's an oil company to an oil company can we compare to can a cigarette company be a conscious capitalist company potentially i could make an argument for it if like i thought about this and looked through a number of magazines to see how they represent themselves in magazines Hmm. the way that american spirit represents themselves with massive warnings from the or government mandated on top of individual company warnings they put on top of that to a camel which is like a buried in their website and like hidden text almost in a magazine i mean all right i can make an argument just looking at how they advertise of who's doing something more valuable to their end consumer or driving someone away from potentially being a part of their end consumer. I mean, that's an interesting thought experiment. That's a really I mean, just to take it like yeah. to the like, all right, these people basically sell things that are bad for you, really bad for you. And uh, although I will, I, I do submit that, um, that if you, if you don't know cigarettes are bad for you right now, <laughs> I, from a, from a earlier, <laughs> I, I come also from a more like libertarian perspective of like, all right, you, it's your choice. You're going to, you know, if, if you're not harming others, then make your choice. And nobody appreciates that more than me. Yeah. But, 
But at the same time, I mean, it's whether it's cigarettes or it's what's in our food or whatever. I mean, lying is one thing, but I mean, even through omission can be worse sometimes if it's things that are in our food. Mm-hmm. There are there are people that don't know about you know yeah. whatever it is. I mean, it's it's so that's just a, a microcosm of like thinking about business as a whole. And so there's there's great companies in Arizona. I mean, there's. I'd, say, I'd submit that every one of the companies that works in our spaces is a conscious capitalist company, whether they would be able to articulate one word of conscious capitalism, just because I know that I see how their employees are and feel about themselves, and they mm. have crappy days sometimes, but that they generally are happy, feel supported, and that they're in a role that they can do something like positive on this earth. Yep. I think that companies that are giving that opportunity to people are great companies. That's awesome. I think I see that too around here. Hmm. I agree. Mike, you guys are like waiting. <laughs> You're like, Mike is concurs. he going to concur? Is he? Yeah. Is he? Oh, like there's any uh, doubt. Oh. <laughs> did he get it through the goalpost? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, I'd agree. I agree. All right. Totally Mike, agree. I'm going to give you the honor of uh, asking the, the final, final question. Awesome question. All right, Kyle. Here's your moment, All right. your moment to shine. <laughs> Basically, what what is there anything specific going on with Max Six or that you want to plug, and then obviously some way to get in touch with you or with the right person or people sure. for that to find out more to find, find out, out more. more. So, uh, we I mean we talked a lot early on, especially about kind of what we do and the spaces we have available. We we you touched on it, I think. Uh, the programs that, we, that we've put together as well to uh, build uh, culture throughout the entire level of the organization through leadership, through everybody in the organization, through their values, and to really just embody this so that the culture creates a framework for creating high-performing teams that are really doing this conscious capitalism, create, like getting to the point where we're saying we're, we're accomplishing our vision. Those are the two sides of what we do. We have programs, we have spaces. And so, yeah, we're, I mean, we're trying to grow a business and we feel like we're good at those two things. And so anybody that's interested in talking about those two things, uh, taking a tour of the spaces, uh, learning about the programs, you know, if you're, if you're stuck and, and wondering how do, I, how do I get to that next level of business, I'd love to talk to you. We're at the same time, you know, I say um, – Max six isn't max six without the companies in our spaces mm. and we stand on the shoulders of their greatness. And so even just come see it. If you're interested in these companies that are a part of what's here or working out of these spaces as well and seeing these communities, we're doing more coming up here to promote like who they are and what they're doing beyond just, Hey, come run a desk for us. So there's, there's more of a story that's coming out to be told, but yeah, for now, I mean, max6.com uh is the easiest way to let us know you're interested and love to even just have a conversation about any of this or come take a tour come work out of our space for a day mm-hmm. come hang out we have educational events we you i think said something earlier about um like collecting places for human beings being important part of the community we have a big training room upstairs where we said when we built out that space, this is going to be like a place where people can stand on that soapbox, disagree with each other, and have civil 
disagreements and arguments and discussions. And so even if you think conscious capitalism is ridiculous and, you know, I want to be a, uh, you know, I'm a uh, socialist, uh, or, you know, I don't believe in any of this and business is awful. Come have that conversation. We'd love or to maybe you believe in unconscious capitalism. Unconscious capitalism. And you're like, you know, <laughs> it's all about the dollars. Come. We hate people. It's, <laughs> it's all about the transactions. <laughs> Ma- Ma- spreadsheets. Max- <laughs> spreadsheets and spreadsheets. controlling people. That's- <laughs> because spreadsheets are inherently evil. <laughs> oh, come on. You know I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, man. I know you don't. I've seen your spreadsheets. They're amazing. Oh, that yeah. touches my heart, man. Yeah, yeah. they are. So, uh, so you're saying you'll give people tours. Tours and, and even just work out of the space. Max6.com is the easiest way to get to us. But what I want is for people to come face-to-face. I want to meet people, talk to them, hear their story, hear what they're up to. And if they find a place to call their business home, then that works out. You know, if we can help you grow your business, that works out. But I love hearing people's stories. If So if they come, um, is there a chance that they might have a uh, – Mike sighting, a feral, feral Mike sighting, ephemeral. Wait, ethereal. Will you walk by and do a British voice and describe what's going on as Mike's working um, by himself? <laughs> I will. Like, I will. Absolutely. Here we see Mike in his national environment. <laughs> Call now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's nature, funny. Nature shows. I know. We should. We should do that. But seriously, let's talk to freaking the people we need an arizona nature show a nature show but walking through the max six doing yep. like documentary You're... wildlife documentary and you have like someone hide behind the like pillar and then running to get... <laughs> <You're> <laughs> May- maybe put out some food in the in the middle area <laughs> where people put food that you can uh-huh. just eat and then just like have someone like stock the food yeah the you map. need like those big long telescopic lenses though so you're like yeah. across the space like 50 feet away and you're narrating the natural habitat yeah. of the entrepreneur there's, yeah, there's there's Chris as he walks up to the hummus. Oh, he dips his spoon into the hummus. It yeah. looks like they're puts it on his collecting around the watering hole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as they do at uh, two o'clock every afternoon in the Serengeti of yeah. Pretty much that's the coffee pot. That thing has like people at it twenty four seven. That is because of you. <laughs> okay, okay. That leaves it. All right. So favorite part, favorite perk. Of Max Six. Oh. Who well, wants to go first? okay, I'll go first. Okay. This podcast room. Oh, I mean, come on, yeah. like it's pretty cool. Here we are on a podcast in a room that mm-hmm. Kyle made happen with the help of Sam from Thanks, Pelican Kyle. Media. Yes, we Thanks, should have Sam. on the podcast sometime. Sam needs to do the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, this this has been awesome. This is probably one of the. I mean, there's so many great perks. <laughs> I don't know okay. if I could stop with podcast room, but. My, my, I, I can't, so it's the, the coffee is awesome. I come in sometimes to beat the traffic. I'm sometimes here at six. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm here at six. And, um, and so, and I just like that coffee is already, Chrissy already has that thing queued up usually, or That's I just awesome. like fill up the stuff real quick. And, and then I have coffee and then uh, it's always really good because it's fresh and comes from like a good place, you know? Sagebrush coffee. <clears throat> Sagebrush Sagebrush down in Chandler, Arizona. Yes. Locally roasted. Yeah. Indeed. Delicious. And the lunches, man. Five <laughs> bucks. I'm a cheapskate. 
Good. You know? Whenever but, there's Greek food, we, we collect a lot oh, of people for lunch. Greek yeah. food was, yeah. was so good this that week. That was this yeah. week, yeah. Yeah. Good. And then the favorite perk that I, like, the imagined perk is the gym. Because I haven't actually <laughs> used it yet. But... The imagined perk. I it's love like it. it's like Sting. Like I don't really know his music, but just the <laughs> fact that he does it. All right, Kyle, your turn. That's good. Perks. All right. Well, since you gave a couple, I'll give a couple. Right. Um, one of them is so over at the Park Lane Manufacturing Facility, I'm going to attempt to see how many, like how much, what percentage of my Christmas shopping can I get done oh, from those companies. That's an awesome there. idea. Oh. Just because there's so much, it's cool stuff and. It's because I just thought it'd be a cool idea to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, I was going to say my uh, New Year's resolution perk will be starting to use the gym again. It's going to, I pick a different time than New Year's, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just want to know if your kids are really into plasma cutters because that would make an awesome Christmas what? gift. Wait, do they have a water jet there? I don't think there's a water jet. Okay. Well, and one of the companies in there does a lot of work with plasma. I need to cut some AR-500. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. Yeah. That helps a lot. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Anytime. So just to be clear, this is not an ad for Max 6. We just love it. There's good feelings. I know. It felt like it's a, a giant cool Max, Sex, Max 6 love fest. I know. But it's because we love it here. <clears throat> Thanks, guys. But they don't pay us. <laughs> for the record, we're not getting paid for this podcast. It's just, it's it's all from the heart. Taftly.com. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. If we're keeping tally, that's the third time we've plugged <laughs> Tally.com. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And Mike Mike initiated none of it. Uh, yeah, it's all thankfully. From the, again, it's all from the heart, man. Yeah. This is yeah. good. This has just been a love fest. This is awesome. This is we awesome. need to drink whiskey more often. For we, sure. Can I make podcast. one more plug? Yeah. I want to make one more plug. Because it's come up a lot on this on this episode and the episode with Adam Goodman. Yes. And I think, I think it's worth sharing. Uh a group that's really worth considering. If you are like in business, you're running a business, you own a business, you manage a business, you work for somebody who manages a business, come to Conscious Capitalism. Um, the Arizona chapter meets monthly. Go check out ConsciousCapitalismAZ.com. Um, and you can find out a lot more about understanding what that means. But basically, it's like do good business, right? Take care of people. Um and all the other things that, that Kyle mentioned and, and unpacked fuller um, in, a, in a great way. But yeah, we, we have a lot of ideas on the podcast, but kind of what I think conscious capitalism is something we can all like kind of buy into, yep. you know, from all our you know political perspectives and yep. everything. And I think even everybody who's been on the show with very different political perspectives, I think yep. we're all kind of on board with that idea, yep. you know, that um, just that, you know, like, how do we make trade work best for everybody? Yeah, I mean, it's not a <clears throat> political mindset. It's not a political ideology. It's just a it's a great framework t- from which to look and go, hey, we want to do business from a set of values. Yeah. We want to do good work f- and make people's lives better. How do we do that, right? Through leadership, oh, mm. through purpose, through taking care of all of the stakeholders and not leaving people out, um, and through creating a great culture. So, and you know, even if you're a communist, you know, you're just yeah. like, maybe we're not there yet. I think we've had one capitalism or two. could be like the second. We, <laughs> like, we have collected and are continuing <laughs> to collect a group of diverse people that disagree with each other. And yeah. it's awesome having those conversations. I yep. mean, yeah. The, uh, having a set of values that you run your business through does not mean you have the same set of values. No, right. Yeah. No. And I don't, I don't think there's a single meeting I've been to 
of the Arizona chapter where I haven't had some kind of like, yeah, we're going to disagree on some points yep. in a conversation. Um, everyone comes from a different perspective, a different, you know, there's a diversity of perspectives going back, you know, go full circle, full circle on this conversation. Um, and that's one of the things I think I like about that group so much is that it's not just a bunch of like neophytes all like bowing at the same altar of ideology <laughs> um, of how to do business, but really people who are like, we all have the same goal, right? Do business well. How do we get there? And everyone has a little bit different flavor on that, which is really cool. Really cool. Definitely. So, I dig it, Mike. Sorry. I, I had to do it. one more plug. This is the plug episode, but I hope it's entertaining. I mean, I, I thought it was inter- an interesting conversation. I, I had so. fun. Not least because of the scotch. No. <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> which is gone. <laughs> no, indeed. That bottle is, so. is done. All right. All well, right. to wrap up, this is AZ Brandcast with Chris and Mike. Chris, uh, tell us what you're up to and how people can get a hold of you. So I'm Chris Stadler, and you can get a hold of me at um, chris at chrisstadler.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at C-H-R-I-S, S-T-A-D-L-E-R.com. <laughs> I love Mike. It. This is Mike Jones. I run Resound, a brand agency here in Arizona. We office right out of here in beautiful Max 6. Yes. We love it. Um, and you can get a hold of me at, at Resound Creative, R-E-S-O-U-N-D creative.com yeah so give us all a shout out that's so right thank you kyle so much for coming on today thank you we guys. had a blast me too yes we did and we'll talk to you all next time bye everybody cue the outro Bye.